0: Hello, and welcome to another horror Review. Uh, as you can probably tell, I have a bit of time on my hands this week, so I'll try to get as many things done as possible. This is uh, a movie I had on my watch list for a couple of weeks. Never got around to watching it, and I thought, well, tonight. I've done all my reading and other stuff, so I may as well uh, give it a crack. Um, what I did not realize was this is actually a remake of uh, a David Cronenberg movie, so it actually solidifies my opinion of it uh, so let's let's talk first Rabid uh, 2019 let's, let's talk about it as a standalone movie I should have had the warnings uh, Cameron and I have done loads of Canadian horror especially Shutter originals or Shudder features over the last couple of years and, oh god <clears throat> a lot of them are awful uh, this isn't really any different I am not a fan of Laura Vanderloyd. <laughs> um remember back in the day, a small doll and all that, and she's a bit of a wooden flank. And her only thing seems to be running about in skimpy clothes. And that's her that's it. Which is a bean pole. And that's her entire character. And she's just I find her boring. I find her bland to watch. But I tried to put that aside for this. No, <laughs> This story starts off. It's a bit like the Devil Wears Prada type weirdness. Um, Rose is the main character. She's playing a, a mousey, wannabe fashion designer in the cutthroat world of fashion and uh, all that vapid nonsense. That I know it's designed that way, but even so, I have no interest in that world. It's not something that I even through a comedic lens. Right, I have no interest and these type of people and there might be parodies but i think there's enough reality especially when you see social media has given us such a window now i think into hollywood fashion the pop music industry all that kind of stuff where the veneer that might have been put up before is gone i would know what sort of narcissistic nasty uh piece of crap these people are really uh, with a few exceptions, but generally, it's not a. If you want to go and work in our world, I don't get you. I don't know how you think you can go in there and change anything or be anything but what they are, because it's their it's their sandpit, so to speak, their playground, their rules. Yeah, I don't get it. But she's playing this mousy character, awful weird, like like I said, Del Word plotter. Um, was it Anne Huffaway that? that same basically that same character (laughs) beat for beat Um, but nothing to the role she's got her own designs but yet doesn't put anything forward doesn't doesn't have anything if you remember um, we reviewed last night in Soho Uh, god what do you call her? that actress is New Zealander she at least had a bit of spark about her as a student designer she did make her own stuff she had her own style it was a bit quirky she brought a of flavor to that world and she was able to go in but step aside but this character um just had not offer and that's the reason I'm going on this is because this goes on for quite a bit before actually anything of note or horror worthy happens um Drags on, drags on, and she's playing this disorganized, this jumps in a head, you know, bags on her front and back, and she's late and dribbled about the place. It's just, it's been done a hundred times, and it's been done better at least 99 times. And it's just Snorefest. Then we get to the actual accident. There's a whole paramount story. A young fashion designer who has, well, not young, but she's uh i think she's uh I don't know she's been around for ages anyway but um yeah it gets in a horrible accident which scars her but the weird thing is that the player character who she would already been in a car accident that killed her parents and had this I did all these little tiny um probably can't say but probably likes a lot that, that i have or you know little the little tiny white things and the people in the fashion were acting as if she had a flipping uh, like sword strikes to the face or something like i know it's parody but still and i actually thought that was going to be a story her tiny little scars is her disfigured face which just made me go what the hell but then she gets into the accident at two miles an hour on a rope head and cut it off. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> I've seen worse being worse just daft but then it goes to the scene of her in the hospital and the bandages and you've got every bloody cliche you can imagine now she's disfigured but she's got bandages on her face eh, because she's sustained injuries open wounds, prevent infection and the doctor, yeah go ahead take off your bandages uh, I wouldn't expect you to look here's a burra but don't look at burras too often uh, it's stupid absolutely stupid but the whole point is to show the, the effects and her open wounds you know her mouth was wired shut and she had open wounds which you wouldn't take bandages off until they're healed um ah, it's just ah, this is painful genuinely painful to watch just with the stupidity of the script um like i said wooden plank acting. But yeah, she gets out of hospital, she goes to stay with her friend, because somehow her having a crash, because they didn't put a timeline on it, meant she lost her apartment, or her friend got her apartment from her. Well, it turned out she's like a foster sister, because she went live with this one and her parents, because they had to bring Alan, and it served absolutely no purpose. But yeah, uh, she goes to live with her. She has to drink through a straw, all that kind of stuff. And then she finds out with this wonder clinic that offers uh experimental surgery or something and grabbing all that blah blah blah. Um creepy cult, you know, it just it just screams out creepy cult. It's it's beating you over the head, like there's no if buts or maybe's. And she goes there and yes, you qualify. Well done. just like, oh my god, what's happened here? And then she goes to and the place and she goes to the operation oh my god the, the the operating scene is just tragic because they're going to do the operation and they all dress up in robes <laughs> like proper ritual robes because that's hygienic um cloth and then the piece i saw it says he's all dressed up in the roads and then she sticks these like uh magnifying things over the doctor and it just goes ding and makes me think of you no know, googly eyes with the springs i'm just like oh god i'm i'm out but i committed myself to doing it to make the review and here i am uh yeah this whole thing's tragic and then they show this miracle uh oh god what was it skin or something and it <laughs> It's um, what do you call that gels type stuff, and they've got LED lights in it. <laughs> you basically see the battery pack and stuff as a layer on. It's going woop woop woop. Oh dear God, this is terrible. Really, is this what we're is this what we're reduced to in today? I can even forgive um, spe- uh, computer generated facts opposed to that. Uh, this is uh, absolutely, sorry for my genes. Feel Um yeah, and then next thing you know, she's cured, cured of everything. Not only is she cured of her horrific injuries, but her previous injuries. She doesn't need glasses anymore. It's the, you know, the police secretary trope where they undo their hair and they take off their glasses and shirt and they become a different person. It's that, this is exactly what it's uh, playing into. Or what do you call her in that shitty Witcher series, Jennifer? you know, that crap uh this is the same sort of thing as you can tell i didn't enjoy this movie um yeah and then it goes on the bit that got me gives her a special protein drink protein you know pills and all that kind of stuff and tells her to uh report in if anything goes wrong that kind of stuff and sure it just gets this huge bloody dopey syringe and i'll tell you i'm a big lad and the amount of smoothie stuff she's supposed to be drinking, of course, it's pure mad because it's horror. This is how shit this movie is. Uh, she's choking herself because she's trying to squeeze all at once. Like, who does that? Doesn't matter what your mouse, I wouldn't do that. I'll be like me taking a three pint friggin' glass and just, you know, uh, trying to squirt it all down the through once. You wouldn't do it. So, this was just unnecessary um drama for drama's sake with no actual substance and it just made me nauseated just going what are you doing Go what happens i kind of zoomed out through most of the rest of this but turns out she starts developing a, uh nightmares and that and that she's eating people and stuff and blah 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 it sort of meanders along and God, she's this love interest who is a creepy dude, but he's alright. No, it's keeps turning up. And then the, the German designer is a flake. But she gets her gig, you know, she starts screening and doing designs, and then it becomes the best thing. And it's going to be she's the designer he wants all of a sudden, you know, after this miracle cure, because blah. She's shown no creativity. Never mind playing the the dirty, you know, downtrodden, whatever. She's shown no creativity or actual talent until she gets this miracle skin put on her because it's one of the MW tropes. And now he's just the head designer and she's in partnership, she's going to have her stuff in partnership with him for his new range on the catwalk, yada, yada, yada. And then it turns out she's eating people in the background. Um. I don't care about spoilers, but because it's shit. Honestly, um, it's not even more like you—you you, you can see where it's going. Like, there's no surprises or anything. And of course, the she goes back a couple of times to the clinic, and they're being creepy. And then it all sort of meanders along till the end. And then people are getting—but this is where it gets good. Actually, there are a few decent scenes, so I'll give it this. She fights uh, two people. I'm one of them, uh, an actor she meets at the clinic because they're not monitoring or anything. He goes on a movie scene or a sitcom scene and then he just goes absolutely ballistic. It was one of the best scenes in the movie actually. And he starts eating one of the other actors. Oh, comments? Oh, and we have Chris. So back again, can't stay away, you know? Uh, I'm not a fan of them. characters, movies are dumber than I am. Uh this actually made me lose a few IQ points, I'll be honest. Uh set the bar quite low, but they can't meet that threshold. <laughs> it takes me out of suspend and Um in particular, Laura Banderwood, I don't like her. She's she's a wooden plank. She always has been, even back in the Smallville days. She was nothing inspiring. Um like she's really no personality, no endearing qualities that makes me want to see anything she's in. There was actually a werewolf movie I was going to watch uh, a couple of months ago. She was in it. I lasted 20 seconds of the first scene, just flipped it off, I'm like, nah, not doing it. Uh, she really does uh, bug me. Oh, getting busy today. Greensdale, Welcome. <laughs> You're just hearing me uh, pan on a movie. But what I am going to do, because I ended up watching the original straight after because i didn't realize it was a remake and i'll have a different opinion that's so we'll split this into tell you let's get this sh- crappy movie out of the way um dumb flipping canadian remake uh, um <laughs> even though david Cronenberg uh would be the exception to the rule like he's a he's a quite decent uh filmmaker we can forgive him being canadian but generally canadian movies are just oh my god uh uh, what we've seen so far but yeah that was a good scene No, in the studio with the guy going crazy and then there was another one mix the two up. people start going you know rabid and that's a that's whole uh, premise behind the show you don't want to watch this one you want to watch the original but we'll get that in a minute <laughs> I put the link to this one, but I might, I might change it and put the link to the original. Uh, I'll dig it up and I'll, I'll change the description because uh, maybe it's alright just to confirm. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth giving the film the watch time. Um, yeah, people start uh, losing it and uh, biting people. And then, as with the whole thing about a of infection. Comes out and it's basically turned on a zombie movie, but they're using a strain of rabies which nobody knew. And uh, Rose's characters run about half in a night, and then it comes to the climax where she's at the fashion, you know, the, the fashion show. and god what the I don't know how many how anyone could go one of those things. Uh, just to me, just seems like an absolute boring waste of time but it starts happening and then her friend slash foster sister or something um appears and it turns out she got bitten in the subway on the way up just wrapped nobody has a first aid kit I like, guess is um a large building with lots of people and therefore there's various health and safety laws so apparently the building is size and because they are on current nature nobody has a first aid kit so nobody takes a wound and dresses, she just sits with a scarf in it, bleeding, and they're dressed her up in the final outfit, you know, the super duper outfit from her imagination. <laughs> and I just think, what the hell is this? There's there a no way, like she convinced it all pallid and sick. And you're like, I don't know much about the passion industry, I don't care, but I'm pretty sure if someone's sick and Pus coming out of them and blood dripping. They're not going to stick them up in the catwalk, they're going to swap them out for someone else. That's pretty much it. But <laughs> no, 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 it's just, that <clears throat> excuse me, this movie's that bad, it's making me cough again. God, it must be having an allergic reaction to it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so we'll go ahead with this anyway. Rose goes to sit down with a kind of rapper's name, don't care. Um god what is it gunther uh yeah gunther yeah you know pseudo german you know that kind of nonsense because that's way of fashion you have to have some sort of fake accent the be exotic or something it's all uh it's all very strange but you do you people enjoy yourselves with it i'm just gonna sit back here and laugh yeah so she's sitting down and somebody comes on the catwalk and they're puss screaming out of her eyes, and they fall over. Then they get back up again. Everyone's like, like nobody rushes, but their health <laughs> to fall off the catwalk. And then they start jumping on people and eating them. And then uh, what's her face's friend comes out like three costumes early and just taking off the mask thing of her thing. Just like, I'm ah. like, oh my god, this is uh whatever. And then her love address slash partner, whatever, it's like, let's get out of here, drags her away while everyone else gets eaten, and then the police winds shooting everybody. Um, but we're not over. That's This is where it gets extremely daft. Now we'll go back to the clinic. And it turns out it's all a great conspiracy. So this guy, um, Brad, has been paid by the doctor to keep an eye on her. And, Every time she eats somebody the because she, she eats somebody goes unconscious and he's able to bring her back to her apartment or whatever, uh, to hide the evidence. And he's been doing this all along, to bring her and it turns out it's all some sort of great conspiracy to create the next God, what was the plan? It's some dabble like a world changing plan, I mean the cure death, I think it was. Yeah, the cure death and immaturity and, and all that, but blah blah blah. Oh, she's just, but it seems it's a weird tube thing comes out of her armpit and that's what stabs people and drinks from them because yeah that was a cracking idea but it was based on the original one so i get where it came from but yeah she locks him in this doctor leads him in this vault locks the doors all red lights because spooky woo um and it turns out his wife who had cancer had the same treatment but the cancer became super uh, whatever and then she's this thing with tentacles stapled to the wall going I'm like what the hell is this make the new evolution in humanity and like, yeah, that's um, Dr. Evil has any better plans than you you friggin Egypt uh, yeah and then just gets daft then she attacks Uh, Brad and Brad, kills him, she kills the wife, then just left her own throat. And then you'd think it was Ender, but no. half we'll have another five minutes of shite to go through. And then fast forwards, he's got all the dogs like running around the grounds, which we've never seen before. And you'd think he was, it makes it set up that he's feeding them, you know, as if he was setting them up to do the next thing, but it's not, it's just a weird scene. But he's in the kitchen, and he's making a mistake, and then we see all these little uh he things in a jar, which is supposed to be this whatever it is meant to be. It's never really explained. Was it an alien? Was it super genetic evolution or something on the rabies virus? just daft things in the jar going. Then he goes back, it turns out that Rose's character hasn't actually died because she's now immortal. How did this finish? My brain switched off. My brain actually shut down in self-defense at this point and just went, nah, no more. So, it, do you know what? It probably was. It probably, because you know where the Canadians are all bloody communists uh, and they love locking people in their homes and stuff and all that weird stuff. They probably were making this an allegory because it, it wouldn't blow you, surprise me. Uh, a lot of stuff, uh, Canadian filmmakers went and shuttered all modern day, Guff, to be honest, told through the modern day lens and uh, whatever. I, I'm exhausted with it. But yeah, it was shit. It ended somehow. I didn't care. My brain twitched off at that point. Went, nah, no more. But interestingly enough, straight on my playlist afterwards was the original 1977 Rabbit by David Cronenberg. So it only seemed right. See what it was there, it was about to play. May as well watch it and see what the originals are like compared to it. And In Furnace, it was a much better movie. It was a well done. Even the, the effects were better <laughs> than this one. Come play. Um, I haven't heard that one uh, I'll look it up is that a, a recent thing? but back to this one watching the original it was a completely different story this remake wasn't even remotely all it did was two things, Rose as a character wasn't even the same character and the tube thing coming in of the armpit that was the only semblance between this remake and the original movie. The original movie is watchable, even though it's 1977. It's actually a much better movie. <laughs> Starts off, do the accident even better, because it's um, Rose and her boyfriend on a bike and they crash into somebody. And that sets it off. It's somebody looking for directions and the park themselves sideways on a country road. And that causes the bike. Uh, smash into it. Much better done than the dozy crap I watched in the 2019 version. The weird thing is, um, there's a bit of unintentional comedy. We have this clinic, which isn't the main hospital, but it's like a private clinic, and people are looking with binoculars, almost as if it's a little watch star. Oh, I just saw an explosion, and it just happened to have binoculars. Oh, there's been an explosion with better semi ambulance over there. You're like, okay. <laughs> whatever um but today and it's just by coincidence that accidentally that, that happens to come in contact with the clinic and both um was he ben as well frank her her boyfriend and us they both get injured she's obviously more severely injured and they try and bring they bring them both back to the clinic He's got superficial injuries where he can be transferred to the hospital because of the state of her injuries, the keeper. And they do the tagline, they go one month later. So they show she's been part of intensive treatment. And that's done so much better. And even the operating scene, it's a normal operating scene. And he explains that, yes, they're using skin grafts, but rather than putting the skin grafts right on, they're going to treat the skin grafts. And this is how the virus or whatever it is gets into your system. So even the premise of how she gets this infection is explained so much better and it's purely by coincidence by people trying to do good and that's that's a better story of evil or horror is when someone's genuinely trying to do good but unintentionally does evil things to me that makes a more engaging story than the moustache twirling uh, cat stroking you know villain that's just done and dusted, it's overdone it's pathetic. So this in its own way, tells a much tighter story. Uh, marlon Chambers, who's actually, and this is this is what makes it even funnier. marlon Chambers apparently is a porn actress or was a porn actress, uh, she passed in 1989 or something, or early 2000s. She gives a better performance than a mainstream actress, which I just think is hilarious. If you know porn acting, you know, porn acting's notoriously bad. So just funny that a porn actress actually gives a better performance here um, and it's all done well it's uh, the whole thing in the hospital there's no nefarious plot behind it it just turns out that it was a strain of the rabies virus because in the seventies or eighties that was a that was a big scare rabies um, was the the frightening virus that could wipe out like entire ecosystems, wildlife, UK. I think Australia, New Zealand as well. I think combined, we have like some of the toughest laws over here in terms of rabies. So bringing animals in that aren't tested or are not quarantined properly, the UK and I think Australia, New Zealand. I think we're similar. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dale. I think we have some of the most stringent laws because even today that. That disease can decimate, um, uh, absolutely decimate uh, livestock and humans because it's transferable from animal to human. That's a frightening thing from it. So that was a big thing with Sandy. So you can understand them playing into that. But it's not so much better. <laughs> Look over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, that's what i'm trying to say so this is still a frightening thing the fact that the laws are so stringent about it um because we know the actual devastation it can cause they probably have made a movie i'll be honest they probably made a movie called that and if you dare say it on youtube you'll get a human reviewer coming and shut you down if you don't say the right words in the right sequence this is how draconium we've got lawless nonsense which is ah, just stupid and then you wonder what the hell's going on really behind it as an excuse because when people start shutting down the conversation then you start getting suspicious that's just my thing um but yeah you can see the parallels with 2019 version but you can see where it comes from in the 70s but there isn't the venom behind it you know it's just telling a scary story and using people's fears and something people are familiar with I've taken it the, the next degree of making a horror. Um, the Rose character in the nineteen seventy version, much better around it. And she doesn't know herself the actions she's taken. So it's um, almost like a lycanthrope, you know, werewolf that transforms and don't understand that they're good out and killing, but it comes to in dreams. She does so much better. Um, Wooden Plank in the 2019 version, just meh you know, just bobble along the screen. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that um, Marlon Chambers gets semi-nude where VanderVoot does her usual skimpy stuff. Oh, look at me. And it's like nothing. And I've more respect for someone who's an actual porn star who isn't trying to be anything. Just plays what she's got but gives a performance and then he batted an eyelid. If that makes sense, you know, uh, using nudity or partial nudity, has to be in context and it has to be in depth of the character for it to be meaningful if you're just doing it for the sake of it to hide bad acting or bad storytelling it has no worth whatsoever unless you're 13 and you know uh going through puberty i suppose that might work but uh if you've been around the block a bit it kind of loses its effect but there you go um yeah and the side card as well like a doctor he gets infected and he goes rabid and then they actually put him in a, a truck and you see it happening. The scenes were very similar to Dawn of the Dead, the way they did the infection going around. Uh, so this is a good infection movie, not a zombie movie, but the way they did it was just, it was happening in the subway, it was happening in cafes, just people were going, what it was, every time she drunk of someone, she infected them, but then if they bit someone, they got infected, and it was just it was done so well. It actually got a bit of gravitas. And also the special effects, like there's car crash scenes. Uh, there's the bit with the tentacle. There's outdoor scenes, indoor scenes. They're done so much better in the 1977 version than the 2019 with all our technology and Things available to us it's just funny that that movie be actually hold up better today it's a better watch this 2019 version you you forget it like i'm already version from my memory and you'd never watch it a second time or at least that's when you can revisit so i'll give it that and that's not me just being a little foggy, saying old films are the best because you know i've a lot of old films as well uh and that's really and it kind of goes along to this conclusion where i don't want to spoil it but she's in denial her story then is she's in denial that it's her that she's a carrier and then it comes to a conclusion where she finds out and it's done in a horrific way but without all the secret cult nonsense or take over the world nonsense or that kind of thing it was just an unfortunate series of events and an accident with an experimental procedure that created this and definitely the better story so there you go i wasn't expecting to do that you know a remake review but it just uh, happy circumstances of, if it if *Rabbit* wasn't a remake if this is just a standalone movie i would just be like yeah not even worth your time and this review would have been like 15 minutes i just went aircraft yeah, crap to watch it uh it was good that i got to see the original as well and afterwards so it didn't have that thing in my head of i've seen the original here's my expectations I was able to take the the remake on its own merits having not seen the original and then by visiting the original I'd already made my mind up with the remake on its own merits then watching the original I was able to appreciate even the time span of over 40 years <laughs> uh, how well maybe it uh, stands up so there you go i um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was, uh, that took me a minute to get through because it, it took me longer than I thought getting through the book. And then a book, to a TV memory series, the two set mile readings, that, was, uh, that took me a bit of thought and planning out. I actually had to do notes for that one, which you know, me. I like to just go off a cuff most of these reviews. Um, glad you enjoyed it. That's, that's what I'm trying to do now, just uh, when I have time, as well as doing the quick short reviews, I want to go in depth to certain things and the next major one will be let the right one in uh, I believe Eugene and I are going to do that Eugene Baker I try Eugene McLean um, we'll look at the book the TV series and the two films so that's going to be a lot of notes to compare those that's quite a bit for one story That book was a struggle, I'll not lie a I struggle and I can normally, uh, especially fiction books, I can go through them in a matter of days, I can tear through them, especially when I've got an hour and a half each morning looking commute, I should be able to get through more books than I do, but that, that book was ridiculous. That was uh, a really hard read <laughs> and it wasn't complicated, it was just boring, it really was a struggle to get through that. Uh, fair play to the filmmakers for at least making it a, a watchable story because you wouldn't revisit the book again after doing it once. But there you go. Um, Dale, I will look at your suggestion. In fact, just a wee favour, drop us a message uh, with a link uh, to the IMDb or something what to about, token so I can, uh, go and look it up just to make sure I'm on the right one and I'll try and adapt it over the weekend. Uh, tomorrow night, We have our next horrific tale, uh, Hello Dolly, Uh, that's dropping at the usual time. We're nearly at the, I've only like three stories to do to get to the 100. So any submissions, gratefully accepted. Um, Cameron's a story, I have a story, just to finish recording and then we're, that's everything caught up. So open now for more uh, submissions from our authors. As always, it's a rolling thing. I just don't want to take on too many at once. So people are waiting. You know, it's all a, it's all balancing act. want to get enough stories that will keep going but don't want to have people hanging around for like weeks uh, waiting for us to record them. Um, well, you kind of know my views on Stephen King of being quite vocal. I don't appreciate the guy and the more I've seen him in later life and his nastiness really makes it me uh, dislike him more and there, therefore have I uh, don't uh, don't let if somebody puts me off them as a person, I'm not going to support them as an artist. am I it just having that book. Like I'm not going to go out of my way to buy his books. Some of the movies have been decent, so I'm not gonna. But I think anything new? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, rush myself to pick up anything. Yeah, we're at 96 slash 97 stories at the moment. So that's, if you think about the time, we've been going two and a bit years. Uh, there's nearly 100 stories, eighty or ninety of, because obviously we've had multiple submissions from people like uh, yourself, Dale. So let's say 80 plus authors we have featured on this show, which is uh, what it's all about, because as the more i delve into these mainstream movies mainstream books Stephen king let's be honest the the publishing houses the mainstream media they tell you this is horror this is what you should read if it doesn't say new york times bestseller don't read it and it's the same trite over and over again it gets to a point where authors might have had their own flavor but then it all becomes homogenized as a the run out of ideas and just have to keep chundering out book after book and you can almost beat for beat read them and get the same stuff what we want to do in this channel is bring in fresh blood new people new ideas i want to break the narrative i'm sick and tired of like mainstream media stuff dictating what we should read and watch i'm sick and tired of the online mob dictating what we should read and everyone have to mind their p's and q's especially in the horror genre now which is lame. you see um there's certain groups and collectives that do all the virtue signaling that like a secular like apologizing for being a, a horror fan or a horror creator you know if you have to overcompensate by virtue signaling i've brought this up before it's like stop it own what you are enjoy it embrace it And you'll be a lot happier for it. Stop going along with the online mob and what some idiot puppet on a TV channel who only reads what they're given anyway. They don't even have their own thoughts. Their scripts are written from them. It's bland. It's mediocre. Let's break the cycle. If you support one independent creator, it should be an independent movie, book, uh, somebody who creates figurines, clothing it doesn't matter you use just by supporting one actually putting your hand in your pocket and helping that person's uh business grow you're helping and that means the world uh the big companies will just like yeah thanks very much whatever and you're just a statistic i guarantee you you buy an independent author's book you review it if you watch somebody's movie that they've crowdfunded for or contributed to the crowdfunding they will be extremely grateful because as you've seen I've had multiple interviews with uh, creators on this and they're eternally they just want their chance to succeed or fail on their own merits and that's all we can ask what this channel tries to do is give people like that an opportunity uh, that's what all that's what it's all about at least it's a starting point you get a chance to get your stuff out there we help as best we can but in the end of the day unless people are prepared to support independent creators, and I mean by by their goods, not expect free stuff, because a thing I've noticed with authors, sorry, I'm going off on a wee bit of a tangent, but (laughs) seeing I've got people in the chat and we're live and users are watching various platforms, I may as well reiterate what we're about here. Um, You can like and share that the cows come home, but that doesn't mean anything. There's only a given of their time to create and put something out there by actually supporting them directly, purchasing their works, share if you've purchased it, share it, review it. Every little bit helps. And we have a couple of, th- across all platforms of a couple of thousand people watch this channel. Collectively, you could change the lives. Say a hundred of you supported an author. Say a hundred of you supported another author. Say another hundred of you supported a, an indie film project. That's the difference between a succeeding and failing. That's the difference between somebody getting the uh, the motivation to carry on or feel completely despondent. Because even with this, sometimes I get uh, this one, I wonder why am I doing this? Is anybody watching? And it's not about ego. It's just about, is this worthwhile doing? And every interaction, every like, every share, every one of you is a turn up in the chat, everyone that comes on the show, everyone that shares material, usually the ones that spur me on to keep doing this. And I really uh, appreciate it, it does give me heart. And if I see somebody else succeed, if I see somebody that maybe wasn't gonna try something and they step up, that gives me, that means I'm doing something worthwhile. And that means more to me than all the validation or pats in the back of the day. It's actually seeing tangible results for your efforts. And I think anyone that has um, a work ethic Anyone who has that creative spark wants to make something and put something out there in the world, getting that sort of validation is everything. So I understand completely as a creator myself, what can motivate folks. And if I can help in any way, that's what we'll do. But you folks that are watching, thank you. And if you just do what you can, not just for the channel, but use the channels a vehicle, highlight the authors, highlight the creators of have talked to, uh, it's good talking about these movies because this is what's chundered out—some good, some bad. But the most is just—it's a product. That's all. It is. It's just a product. Consume, forget about it. When you see that and you're able to compare it to what somebody's put their heart and soul into, I think you—I think you know where you're going. But uh, there you go. There's my review and a wee bit of a rant as well and a bit of a preaching session and uh, call of the arms. But we're going the new year. Uh, this challenge has grown. It keeps growing. Yeah, I haven't went viral, I don't think I'll ever will, I don't really care about that, but the fact that I see more and more people come on board every week, every month, I see more and more interaction, I have people prepared to take part, that gives me the motivation to keep doing this. And a lot of friends have made of this as well. Uh, And I can't reiterate that enough. Everyone talks about social media as being a negative thing. Everyone talks about YouTubers or whatever is this nasty, negative just the worst of humanity well i disagree that might be the vocal message put out there but some of the friendships i've made here some of the collaborations have been absolutely amazing and i think it's worth putting that message out there too that if done properly with the right attitude and the correct mindset and an extremely shiny head oh my god have you seen the way the lights get off my head here (laughs) sorry that's i've actually got a blue streak on my head oh my god (laughs) sorry I just completely threw me there but yeah we've seen positive we've laughed, we've laughed at things we've connected with each other we've broken down barriers people that have never even met each other in the world because we're all over the globe different uh, walks of life that's what this is about and if we get more of that happening then you can be the counterbalance to the rampaging mob that just wants to go around and destroy, uh, there's a horror uh, by use called slasher and somebody mentioned about you know books being destroyed and fiction and living in a world without it and there's people actively trying to create that it's just madness so be the antithesis be the positive change and it's just funny that the dark spooky people are the ones that have the have more of a chance of creating that change than the so-called nice people who write romantic fiction and comedy and all that stuff the the positive people are the most toxic and all the spooky weirdos um have a better outlook in life i wonder what it could be hmm, could it be embracing the darkness maybe is that a positive thing <laughs> well there you go there's my sermon end of um thanks everyone for tuning in um keep up with the other channel uh with our scheduled uh episodes uh on that's coming up so uh please uh watch subscribe Uh, Join in the chat, Uh, keep up with the channel, do the tidy, tidy things, and until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific.